0: Go with me, please, to Luke, the 12th chapter. In praying about this, I was impressed. I know y'all have received such rich word and ministry from your pastors and others through the years, and any time I come to a place, I say, Lord, what can you use me, Uh, what part could you use me to bring and minister and add? And... uh, This came up in my spirit, and I'm stirred up about it because I'm seeing things I hadn't seen as clearly before. In Luke, the 12th chapter, Luke chapter 12, this is the same uh, truths that are mentioned in Matthew 6, but the words are a little bit different. And he's talking about not taking thought for your life, what you shall eat for your body what you shall put on. The life's more than meat or food, the body's more than raiment or clothes. And he uh, tells us to consider the ravens and consider the uh, lilies and how that they are provided for without worrying. Hallelujah. (laughs) Let me go over that again real slow. Now, the thing you have to watch if you've been around the Word for some time and you hear passages and you think you know them, and that can be a problem. Because if you think you know it, then you're not looking for anything else. And that's a big, big, big mistake. Because if you and I know anything from the Word, it's just a facet of it. We saw a part of it, but the Word of God is alive. It's living. And have you ever noticed that you can hear something and then go along several years and hear the same thing and go, "Wow <laughs> I had the privilege of uh, uh working in brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry at the healing school for a number of years, and uh, they taped some of them and did different things with it and i uh, I was there during some of the tapings and and then I had the privilege, some years later, of reviewing some of it and getting to go through all of them again to prepare some things. And and uh, I remember one time I was listening to it was back when they had those great big video cassette tapes, you know. And and, uh, and uh, I was sitting there and I was thinking, glory to God. And I looked and the camera panned and I was sitting right on the front row in that meeting. I thought, what? <laughs> It's like I never heard that before. And I hadn't heard that because I had grown for 10 years. That's right. Come on now, are y'all with me? I had grown, and now I'm hearing things that were there, but I wasn't discerning them. It's exactly like a natural the difference between a natural 3-year-old and a 13-year-old. They could hear the same thing and yet they're going to hear different things because of their understanding. So uh, how many are ready to see more light from scriptures that you've already known, but to just have it open up to you in a way that you hadn't seen before? Uh, Do you know how you know you're getting light in Revelation? You get excited. You do. Every time. The light rejoices the heart, and it enlightens the eyes. Uh, Joy is always accompanied with light and life every time, every time. And great light, you just get thrilled with yourself before you have a chance to analyze it, but the devil is always ready to come and steal the word. And if he's able to put the light out and to say, now come on, come on, come back to reality, uh, come live in the real world, you know, you got this and you still got that, and how in the world could that ever happen? And and if he's able to put out the light to steal the Word, the way you can tell it is you lose your joy. You go, ah, okay, I guess I just got worked up in the service. I know what I was thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> Brother Keith just got me excited. No. no, no, I didn't write this. Come on, help me. This is the living word of God and you could not get too excited about it impossible because all the excited you could get there's still volumes more you haven't seen yet so our life is different today because of the light of the word that has come into our lives over previous years but are we as free as we can be The only way that would be true is if we have all the light there is and are walking in all the... No, as much as you've gotten free the last few years, it's possible to get that much more free again. Come on, is that true? It's true. It's true. Luke 12. He said, don't uh, take no thought, he said. Talking about anxious, worried thought. And he says, consider the ravens. And he said, consider the lilies. And he said, verse 28, if God so clothe the grass which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? O ye of little faith. Worrying and fretting shows small faith. The greater faith you have, the greater rest you stay in. Amen. And uh, he went on to say, verse 29, and seek not. Everybody say, seek not. Seek not. Now these are instructions. Let's go back. He said, take no thought. And he said it again, take no thought. And then he said, verse 29, seek not. These are not suggestions. He didn't say work on this. He didn't say try to do this. What did he say? Take no thought. I mean, if the master was standing here tonight, Jesus himself, and he looked at you and he said, take no thought about this. What would you do? If he said, don't seek this, do not seek this, what would you do? (laughs) Should we do what he said? I'm glad you agree. Verse 29 And seek not what you shall eat, what you shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind, duo, wavering, suspenseful. For all of these things do the nations of the world seek after. He said, Don't seek after what they're seeking after. Don't do it, he said. Seek it not. Your father knows that you have need of these things. He knows. You know, here's the thought. Sometimes people try to say, well, you know, we may not need that. Well, the Bible said the father knows you need it. (laughs) Somebody got it. (laughs) Huh? If he knows you need it, don't let somebody else try to tell you you don't need it. (laughs) but he doesn't just know you need it I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit he has already provided it and revelation of this and knowledge of this will deliver us from fear from worry from anxiety come on are you listening to me yes. from seeking things we ought not seek yes. from taking care and being in suspense and anxious and pacing the floor and having ulcers Glory. and high blood pressure and Glory. come on are y'all listening to me yeah. we've known these things but not everyone has done them I know that's a Uh, Phyllis and I had been out of Rhema for a year or so and struggling financially. And uh, we had had some blessings and we had had some uh, good things happen for us, but we just had troubles. And we got behind on this and we got behind on that and we struggled in this and it went on for year after year. And then we got way behind on some stuff. And you know, if you were just barely making it, and then you had some troubles. Well, it's tough to keep making it plus catch up. Hmm? You know, if you just got half a nostril above water, it don't take much to put you under, right? <laughs> and uh, we struggled and struggled, and finally one day, I, you know, I'm a Reamah graduate. I'm, I've taught and preached the word on prosperity already, and I know some of these things, and. And I came in and fell across the bed and I said, Lord, I know this is not your will. I know this is not your will for us to struggle like we have. I know enough about your word to know this is not you and this is not right. You know, it troubled me because we wanted to be involved in giving and projects and things that were going on with other people and didn't have enough money to get an extra tank of gas. I mean, we were just, you know, and it had been that way for month after month and year after year. And I said, Lord, please, show me. I know it's not you. It's not you. It's me. It's us. What do I need to see? What do we need to change? What do we I fell across the bed. I wept. I cried. I prayed. I sought the Lord. And you know the Bible says, when you seek him with all your heart, you'll, he will hear you. You'll find him. He will answer you. You draw near unto him, he will draw near unto you. Ask, and you will find. And he'll, it'll be given. Seek, and you will find. And, you know, I didn't get all the answers that day or the next. But looking back now, he began to teach me about provision, about prosperity. And it seemed like for the next five years, he was ministering to me every day something on that. Every day. And brought us out. But, you know, the first thing he did, he brought me to Haggai and had me read that. And he kept dealing with me to read it and read it and read it and read it and read it. it. I read it numerous times, and I wasn't getting it, I guess. And he just kept saying, read it again. And finally, one day, I got it, I saw it, and I wrote over the title, Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I got excited. I thought, Lord, okay. And the Lord said, that's it. That's number one. I don't mean to heard a voice, but inside me. He said, You, Keith, are like many of my people. You know this, but you're not doing it. Man, I thought, wow. You know, we had left home, we had uh, pursued training and gone into the ministry and, and got rid of our possessions and some things. And, and he said, uh, You're not doing it. I thought, okay. How I many know if the Lord says something? He's always right. You you don't even have to think about it. You don't have to try to figure it out. He's always. Every time right. He said, Keith, you're like many of my people. They know this, but they're not doing it. The kingdom and the things of God are not first priority. People work. They get paid. They think about, I've got to pay my rent. I've got to pay my house. I've got to get insurance. I've got to... uh, Kids need this, and we got this, and we got that. And then, uh, maybe a few days later, or end of the week, they think, well, you know, uh, we need to give a little something maybe. And that is violating the first principle of prosperity. Now, uh, go back to this passage. Don't assume you know where we're going. <laughs> uh Seek not. Everybody say, seek not. not. What did the Lord say, don't seek? What did he say? Don't seek what? Your natural provision. Hmm? What you need to eat, what you need to wear. I think you could include in that uh, where you need to stay and how you need to get around, that kind of thing. He said, don't seek that. Everybody say, don't seek, that. don't seek that. And he goes on to say that after all these things, uh, what's going on, the nations are seeking them. So he this is a, a way in which we are to be different from the world round about us. Amen. Right. And it's easy to get sucked into it. Because you need stuff. Yeah. Right? And it's on a regular basis. Yeah. But the Lord said, "Don't seek it." Yeah. See how big of a response we got on that? <laughs> <laughs> the Lord said, "What? Don't seek, Don't seek it. Yes. What do you think we ought to do? Not. Seek. Not seek. <laughs> I recommend we obey the Lord, the head of the church. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but see, the problem is of folks thinking they know this. And hear it and go, whoo, yeah, hallelujah. That's right. Amen. Seek ye first. That's right. What's next? <laughs> next message. Next series. We are a generation who's grown up on entertainment. And human nature's always been this way. We've just had technology advance to help feed it. And uh, we, you know, the eyes of man are never satisfied. You can have 2,000 channels and your eyes would like another (laughs) 3,000. And the internet is filling that slot. There's just unending things to see and hear and talk about. And the prophet said, he said, your people come And they listen to me as one that has a very lovely voice or that can play well on an instrument. For they hear your words, but they do them not. And we need to break out of the whole world mentality of seeing and hearing and not doing. Because we've watched hours and hours of stuff on TV and read books and magazines with no idea of doing anything with this show, or this magazine, or this book. It's just watch it, and hear it, and go turn the page, flip a channel. Yeah. And the Lord has given us such a richness of ability for the Word. Man, we got uh, DVDs, and, and MP3s, and, and we got messages from ministries all over the world, and it's just on and on and on and so you can watch a whole series and go hallelujah and take five pages of notes and go alright where's the next series where's the next one and then and, and watch it and where's the next one and let's hear and come to service after service go man that was great when's the next one but we're supposed to do do it we're hearing we're supposed to be going okay now how does this impact me? Am I doing that? Do I need to stop doing that? Do I need to do less of this and more of this? If it doesn't change us it either wasn't the word or we didn't do it. We're not supposed to just have informational seminars. The word of the Lord is living and powerful it is to come into us and enlighten us and here is one of the greatest things. I just get to shouting about it every time I think about it the Lord's words are not just informative they are empowering they are empowering when the Lord tells you something no word of God is void of power When he tells you something, always with it comes the grace, the anointing, the life, and the strength. If you're willing to enable you to do what he just told you to do. So just by right of the fact he told you to do it, now you can. All you got to know is that he told you, now you know you can. Because if he ever told you anything, with that word came the power to do it. Somebody say glory to God. So he told us, don't seek that. So what does that mean? Well, it means we got the power. We got the ability not to seek it. And then he told us what to seek. Seek not what you shall eat, what you shall drink, Neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you have need of these things. Didn't say you don't require them. It just said he already knows it. And we need to remember this in our praying. How many times do you need to tell the Lord what you need? Huh? And you never surprised him. <laughs> did you? You you never came in and go, God, God, I gotta have a thousand dollars by the end of the day. God, God, gotta have a hundred thousand, God, God. He never said, What? What? Gabriel! Michael, what did you know about this? this? Has never happened, never will. Nothing ever caught the most high by surprise. He knows the end from the beginning. And He knows what we require before we know it. And we're going to talk about this. I want to get in it and I want to look at scriptures. I want us to shout over it. I don't want you to think you already know this. God, our God, is the God of provision. He is the God of of abundant provision. He is the God who has already prepared, made ready everything in advance, in abundance. Come on, do you believe this? When we find out we require it, He knew before you were born and has already made provision. Do we believe this? We need to meditate on it. Because even though people may nod their head and go, yeah, you know, that doesn't surprise God, yet they're acting like it. They find out they got this bill, they got that, they got this comes up and this big expense we weren't counting on. And it shakes them. It alarms them. And they immediately begin to try to think, how can I get this? And so they begin to seek it. How can I get what I need? to pay my bills. And that is exactly like unsaved people do. Are y'all with me? That is not living by faith. That's not the way we're to operate. We're supposed to look up and go. The ravens eat. And so will I. The hills are clothed every season with new stuff ladies i'm gonna say that slower <laughs> is that right or not the hills the hills are not last year's flowers refreshed <laughs> this is new stuff But for the child of God, you won't get it by seeking it. See, it sounds like, okay, I need it, I want it, let's get it. Now he said, don't seek it. Well, how am I going to get it? <laughs> don't seek it. Well, let's figure out how to get this thing. Let's... Uh, let, let's confess and confess and confess and let's talk to people and let's put our heads together and let's try to get this thing, let's try to make this thing happen. What's the difference between that and seeking it? That'll lose somebody. What are we to seek? He said, don't seek this and don't take any worried, anxious thought about how these needs are going to be met and where all this is going to come from. He said, don't take thought about that. Don't dwell on that. Don't think about that. Certainly don't pace the floor and be worried and scared about it. And furthermore, don't seek it. <laughs> Did the head of the church say this? Did he? Yes, What should we do? (laughs) Verse 29. Let's go over it again real slow. Jesus said, head of the church, the master. He said, and seek not what you shall eat, what you shall drink. Neither be of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. It's all around us. Society's permeated with it. Bumper stickers on people's car. I owe, I owe. So off to work I go. Working for a living. Working for a living. Seeking. What are you doing? I'm just trying to make a living. And people get upset about it. It's a holy cow. It's a religious tradition that people venerate and it is one that has made the word of God of none effect. It's a very serious thing. People think it shows love because they worry. And so it's an honorable godly thing because if you don't worry then you're just sorry. Sorry, low down individual. Don't even care. And people will get mad there. I mean, they'll they'll rise up and go, well, you know, my family is first. And I got to take care of my family. And so they are they, they, they are working their self crazy, they are making themselves old before their time, and they think it's a godly thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it is honorable to want to provide and want to bless your people. But here's a news flash. Is everybody awake? Is everybody awake? You are not the provider. You are not, never have been, never can be. You are not the provider. Oh, that ain't good enough. Come on now, you. I'm not. I'm talking about receiving it. I want everybody in this place to say, "I am not, I am not the, provider. the provider." Say it again. I am not. I am not I'm not the, not the provider for my household. For my, household. For my, family. For my family. I am not, I am not the, provider. the provider. Glory to God. There is a. A word, I want you to watch and pull it out of your vocabulary, uh, at least until you know how to use it. It's the word afford. Afford. We can't afford that. We can't afford this. Well, here's the question. Why can't you? Why can't you afford it? Because of how much you make? Because of your job? Because of... (laughs) It's too quiet in here. (laughs) What happened is you just realized I'm my own provider. If you can't have it because you can't produce it, you are your own source. That's right. You are your own provider. And you're not living by faith. If you can't see how to make it happen, then you're not expecting it to happen. It means you're walking by sight. No faith involved. And all of us that are at different levels in this. And I don't care how much you've grown, there's always another level to come up. Everybody. I know I was preaching on this one time and I I got a letter a few months afterwards, and this uh, lady wrote in, said she's a single mom and had, I think she said three little children, and uh, didn't make much money, and she had gotten in the habit of kids to say, I want this, I need this. She said, baby, we can't afford that. Honey, we can't afford that. And she heard the message, and I told them what to do is teach the children. If they're old enough to understand, teach them. Pray a prayer of agreement with them. Sow a seed. Believe God. And you know why a lot of people won't do that? They're afraid their little child might be disappointed. Which means they don't believe it (laughs) themselves. So anyway, the little girl came in one day and she said, Mama, Mama. And she had this picture of this bike. And she really liked this bike. Mama, can we get this bike? And she said, I'm sorry, baby. You know, we we can't afford. And she caught herself. She remembered the word. She thought, hmm. You see what I'm talking about about this word? Why can't she afford it? I'm a single mom. I don't make much. That, and that means you're the source of the family. You're the provider. They're limited to what you can do. And so she said, uh, well, baby, mama believe with you. You got something you want to sow? Immediately, she thought of something she wanted to sow to her little friend she'd been playing with. They went and got it. They sowed a seed. She was thrilled over that. How many think little ones need to know how to sow? Early, young. And so then she prayed a prayer of agreement with her. They claimed the money or the situation, whatever it would need to cause it to come about. And it was just a few weeks. A letter came in the mail through a completely unexpected person, and a check made out to the little girl. (laughs) To the little girl. And the same week, they're having a sale on that bike just a couple of blocks away. They cashed the check. They got the money. They went down to the store, bought the bike, paid for it. She's riding it down the sidewalk on the way home. And come on, now listen to this. She knows Santa Claus didn't give it to her. The Easter Bunny didn't give it to her. Come on. Mama didn't give it to her. She'll never forget this. But if you're stuck on we can't afford this, you won't see things like that. You won't see things like that. What are you limited to? You're limited to your faith. All things are possible. With everybody? No. To who? Those that believe. You can have anything you can believe for. Anything. You can have anything. 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 Anything you can believe for. House wise, car wise, clothes wise. You want to believe God for a million dollars and put it in the kingdom? You're only limited to your faith. That's all you're limited to. All things are possible to him or her that believes. All things. All things. All things. All right. Phyllis and I got a hold of this back when we were working uh, at the Hagans and in the ministry there. And we, we began sowing uh, in different ways than we'd sown before. We, be, we made commitment to be faithful and, and be good partners and, and to increase. And, and I begin to see, if you sow in nickels, you reap in nickels. <laughs> If you sow in 20s, you reap in 20s. If you sow in thousands, you reap in thousands. I didn't say you sow a thousand you get a thousand. You get a thousand multiplied. But you don't reap in tens of thousands. You reap in a multiplied thousand. Scripture teaches this. And so we got excited to go to the next level. And you know, within just a couple of years, I had told you about how we were struggling. But within the next five, seven, eight years, we were sowing more into the kingdom than our salaries. How do you do that? How can you so put more in the kingdom than your salary that year? Easy for God. Easy. Selah. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? I want us to go further into this, but Here's a statement, get it uh, fixed in your mind, in your spirit. There is only one source, only one source, many channels, you hear people sometimes say, well, I, I received that from an unexpected source. Not really, unexpected channel is a better way to say it. There's only one source. God is our source. Unlimited. Unfailing. And he's already provided everything we would need in this life before we were born. I want to read some scriptures to you about that. You can turn with me or you can just listen. The Bible said in Genesis... The uh, 22nd chapter, Genesis 22 and 8, Abraham is going up the side of the mountain. His son asked where the sacrifice is. And here's one of the best answers you've ever heard. And it's something we need to say. Genesis 22, 8, Abraham said, my son, God will provide. God will provide He has provided, and He will bring it out. There's a word used that's akin to the word choreograph concerning these things. And God is the great choreographer of provision. God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering, and He did. You know, when Abram raised up the knife and he was about to sacrifice his son and and the angel of God called to him and, and then they turned around and there's the ram. His horns are caught in the thicket. Just happens to be right there. Ready to go. And that's what he had said God will provide. Did God provide? Yes. Now, you know that's so much bigger than that. That was a type of the father offering his only son. And But let's just look at the natural side of it. The provision was there. The material provision. They, he's not going to offer up his son. He needs a sacrifice. Where's the sacrifice? Right there. My question is, where was that ram 24 hours earlier? Or 48 hours earlier? Or three days ago. Where was that ram? You know where that ram was? He was on the way. (laughs) (laughs) He was on the way. Because God knew his man. He knew his heart. He knew he was going to need that. And so that ram... Was nosing around in the bushes, and he just got this strong urge to go left. So he went left, and then he got this urge to climb up there. So he went up the mountain, and then he looked around there, and I don't. This went on for some time, and then he decided to stick his head in those thicket and got his horns hung up. And he was exactly at the right place at the right time. And, you know, sometimes it's not always that obvious when you're looking at it, but the fact that you and I have been provided for and everything we've needed. Come on, are you looking up? God is taking care of us. We've had what we've needed when we've needed it. And if it looks like you didn't sometime, I'm here to talk to you about it. We're going to get into that specifically I can give you a tip God didn't let you down (laughs) you can go ahead and get that settled he didn't forget you he didn't come short he wasn't late where was that ram where was that ram the day before the night before where was he where was he where was he? What about that money you need? What about the stuff? Come on. What about the stuff you believe in for? Is God trying to figure out how to make it work out? No. Is he holding a meeting? No. Huh? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. He knew it before you knew about it. He knew it last year. He knew it 10 years ago. Amen. He knew it a century ago. That's right. He already knew. And it's already on the way. Right. Hmm. Actually, the word, uh, you know, uh, God will provide. And we get uh, the compound redemptive name, Jehovah Jireh. Or I guess Jays or maybe the way we say it, Yahva Yere. But that doesn't work good on the song. <laughs> and I probably didn't say it right either. But it means it doesn't just mean he provides. It literally means he sees. He sees. Well, now, how, we, we've been singing about he's our provider. Well, it, it is. That's what it means. Well, then why did it say he sees? It's translated all the way down into the English. Pro-vision. Vision is seeing. Pro is before. provision means somebody we we use the word all the time providence providence provision providence has to do with somebody thought about it before it ever came up before it ever happened and choreographed the supply to arrive at the right place at the right time come on And God has already done this for all his kids, every one of us, every one of his churches, every one of his ministries, every one of his mamas and daddies and families. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? It is the truth. If we believe that, we'll take no thought and we'll quit seeking it. Come on. Can you see this? And we'll relax and we'll rest. In the finished work of our fathers, before seeing provision and providence. Hallelujah. We need to say bold statements like, I'll never go hungry. We'll always have everything we need, we're not going under. I'll have a good place to live. I'll have good things to wear. I'll have good things to eat. My kids, my grandkids, our people, our whole life long. We will not want. We will not lack. Why? If God's already provided it, we should enjoy it. We should come into it. It should come into our life. We should intersect it. Can you say glory to, God? glory to God? God's a God of preparation. Have you ever prepared for something thoroughly? Something was coming up. Maybe it was an event. Maybe it was a, a job. And the night before, the day before, the week before, you got all your tools out. You, you put your things out. You, you called everybody. You had everybody in place. And you, when the time came, the day came, everything was ready. How did it make you feel? Makes you feel good, doesn't it? Why? Because preparation is of God and preparation is good. It makes you feel like you did something good. Doesn't it? Yes. Everybody wait now. Huh? Yes. Does it? Yes. Have you ever failed to prepare? <laughs> you knew you shouldn't wait till the last minute. You knew you shouldn't just, you know, fly by the seat of your pants and just hope everything would work out. You knew you should have checked on it. You knew you should, but you didn't, and here's the day, and now you're running around and scrambling, and you don't have this, and you can't find that, and... How'd you feel? Bad. <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> right? You just go, man. You knew better. Why? Because you did something that wasn't good. You did an ungodly thing. We we are not even grasping a portion of God's preparation. He saw the end from the beginning. Whew. He knew every one of us generations before we were born. He knew what He would put in us and how we would be in our gifts and our callings and our graces and, and what His plan for us would be and everything we would need down to a toothbrush Amen. to accomplish what He created us and called us to be. And I want you to know that God, just like he's never surprised, he's never caught off guard by any of this. Never has he done like we talked about and waited to the last minute and here we come and we need a million dollars. And he's like, whoa, whoa, when did that happen? Never, 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 never. He is the most excellent preparer provider, foreseer. And he's made everything ready beforehand. You know what he's doing right now? Come on. Come on, anybody. What did Jesus say when he left? What did he say? What did he say? He said, I'm going. <laughs> Why? Because this life was already prepared and done for. This was already done. Let me say it like this. He's way ahead of us. (laughs) Way. Way ahead of us. And if we believe that, it'll give us peace. We'll relax. And we'll go, now this does not surprise the Lord. He knew this. And he has already provided the rams on the way. He knew this. He knew this. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. If it wasn't so, I would have told you, and he would. So they've been working on your place. Glory to God. How many think it's really, really nice? It's, it's been prepared. Prepare. Amen. Yep. Yep. What about here and now? Right now. Right now. Do we need to, to try to come up with our provision? And do we need to pace the floor about it? And do we need to put our heads together and try to figure out how to get this thing? Already been. Already been provided. Already. Do you believe it? thing for every bill every repair come on every shoelaces everything has already been thought about located choreographed when to get where and how you and I don't have to come up with any of it we don't have to figure it out what's our job Seek the kingdom. That's our job. Have a lot of folk missed it in these areas? Have they been seeking how to get their money, how to get their stuff, and meant well, but lost focus? Don't focus on the finances. Ever. It's always a mistake. I said it's always a mistake. I don't care what it is. Yeah, but Brother Keith, I need $50,000 by the end of the quarter. And I got to have it. I need it. I need it. I need it. I need it. So you get up thinking about, I need it. And you tell God a hundred times the other day, God, you know I need it. I, what are we going to do? We've got to have this. We need it. We need it. If somebody talks about it, you still need that? Oh, man. Do we, <laughs> do we need it? Not, not, not only do we need it, we, we need it. We've we, we got to have it. Stop. There's absolutely no faith in that. There is zero faith in talking about what you need. I'm going to go over here and say it real slow. Stop saying you need stuff. I mean, if something comes up and you have some reason to acknowledge it, say it one time. But then you need to get in faith about it. If you need it, you don't have it. I need it is not a faith confession. It is a confession of lack. You might as well say, I lack it. I need it is the same as saying, I lack it. I lack it. How many ever heard of uh, Romans 4 calling those things that be not as though they were? You believe in that? Hmm? It's just like healing. Faith is not denying a problem, but it doesn't focus on it. Some have thought, well, you know, uh, faith is denying I have pain. So they go around going, I have no pain, I have no pain, uh, whew, I have, I have no pain, I have no, oh, I have no pain, and they go to the doctor. And he examines them and he pokes them and goes, does that hurt? And they go, ah, I have no pain in Jesus' name. And so the doctor thinks you're crazy and you and the church you come from. And, and that's not faith. And the Bible never told us to do that. Didn't say the call to things that are as though they are not. Did it? Turn to Romans 4. Some people looking at me funny. Hold your place. Go to Romans 4. Make sure I'm reading it right. Romans 4, 17. As it is written, I have made. I what? I'm going to find it for you. No, I have. I've already done it when he told him that they had no children on the ground but where were they anybody know where they were (laughs) they are on the way you guys are quick man yeah (laughs) I have made you a father of many nations before him whom he believed even God who quickens the dead and what calls Calls what not the things that are as though they're not. I mean, so what's the difference? The difference between a faith confession and a lie. Huge. I mean, people have gotten behind on their money. And the creditors call. And they go, you know, when are you going to pay me? And they go, mm, I have no bills in Jesus' name. <laughs> now you're laughing, but this kind of thing has happened too many times. And so people think we're nuts. They think we're crazy. (laughs) And those folk will try to tell you that's what they're doing. They're doing the Scripture and they're not doing the Scripture. They are not. They are not. (laughs) What does the Scripture say? Calling what? The things that be not... As though they were. If, if pain is there, it's not pain is not pain is. Hmm? And what if I'm going around saying, I have no pain, I have no pain, I have no, ooh, I have no pain, I have no pain. Faith comes by hearing. What are you hearing? What word does you just keep bouncing off your eardrum? Pain, pain. <laughs> Pain, You got pain on the brain. That's what is. You need it to change. How does faith change things? By calling what they're not as though they were. So what do you do? I call my body healed. Does it feel healed? I didn't say how it felt. I said I'm calling it. Well, I'm not going to say it if it's not. Well, that's like saying the dog's not home. And somebody say, Well, call Spot. No, he ain't here. <laughs> yeah, but he needs to come. It's time to feed the dog. Yeah, but Spot ain't here. And I, I'm just real. If Spot ain't here, he ain't here. So spot ain't here. Well, yes. Yeah, so you need to call him. No, I don't believe in that. Call him. <laughs> <laughs> call him. No, he ain't here. Yeah, all know he ain't here. That's why we're gonna call him. <laughs> <laughs> and you can call healing. And you can call abundance yeah. to pay your bills. Yeah. And you can call on the provision that has already been prepared you call I call every bill paid I call every need met I call it done, I call it paid off yeah but it ain't I know that's why I'm calling it you don't have to understand it just do it it's faith to do it if you don't understand it and your faith will work Thank you, Lord. Can you take a few more verses? Genesis 22. What did Abraham say? God will provide. Did he? Yes, he did. You know, he didn't just provide a ram that day. He provided the lamb of God. That was the real answer to that statement. Thank God. mm mm Go with me over, please, to the, uh, the book of Romans in the 8th chapter. Romans 8 and 28. It says, For we we think, no, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to His purpose. All things work together for everybody? No. No. And people have misquoted and misapplied this. Terrible things happen. And folks go, well, the Bible said, you know, here all things work together for good. They didn't say that. If you take it like that and cut half the verse off, you're making it say something it didn't say. And there's a lot of awful things happening in the earth that never were the will of God. And it's not working together for good. For the people it's happening to. Now, here's an amazing thing. Even if somebody is way off, if they'll repent and come to God, even what the enemy meant for bad, God has the power to take it and turn it around with the believing person and bring something out of it. But the devil meant it for destruction. And initially, it wasn't working good for anybody. Now, who does it work good for? We know that all things work together for good to them, them that love God. Does everybody love God on the planet? No, they don't. This is only for them that love God. And he begins to talk about, and to them who are called according to his purpose. Now, this is what we need to get into heavily. The provision of God is joined to the plan of God. Say it out loud. The provision of God God." is joined joined with, with, integrated with the plan of God. This provision we've been talking about that God sees beforehand and choreographs and has everything at the right place at the right time. That is not for just any path we decide to go down. Amen. This provision is in the path and the plan he's called us to. If we get on the path, if we get in the plan, we encounter the provision. It's set up at places all along, that path. That's why the path of the just gets brighter. It just gets brighter and it gets better. We ought to be looking forward to getting older. Well, I lost some folks, I guess. People go, oh, brother. Listen. The Lord says, I know the thoughts I've thought about you. Good thoughts. To give you an expected end. Yeah, your body's aging and growing older and you won't be physically just like you were when you were 22. But inside and mentally and spiritually and your life are to be off the scale better than when you were wet behind the ears, kid. We know, somebody say we know. We know know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, he justified. And whom he justified, he glorified. You can see God seeing from the beginning to the end. From before you were born and before you were saved to being exactly like the Christ glorified. Somebody say, I'm on the path. path. I am on on the path. He said, verse 31, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Now read the very next verse. The very next verse. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things is provision in this passage abundant provision is in this passage and it is connected with predestination that which has been prepared beforehand we don't have to worry about where we're going to get our money where we're going to live what we're going to wear How are we going to eat? How are we going to make it? And we don't have to live for that and seek it and struggle and get up in the morning trying to make it happen and go to bed trying to figure out how to make it happen. That's not our job. We are not the provider. And how many understand the best you could ever come up with, how is it going to compare with what he planned for you before you were ever born? I don't care how much money you make. And what you do, you're not going to come up to his plan. It's not just about money. Money's just a part of it. God has a plan for you. He knew you before you were born. And before you ever took one step, he knew you were going to need them little booties. and clean diapers and pampers come on and he knew you were going to need something to eat and something to wear and you were going to need pencils and a backpack come on he knew he knew he knew knew everything from the cradle to the end of your life he knew it he's already found it he's got it located He's already got it on the clock, when it needs to leave, and when it needs to arrive, and where. You think FedEx and UPS can get stuff somewhere on time? How about GDS? God Delivery Service. He, he, always perfect, perfect, perfect. Stuff you didn't even know you needed. <laughs> I know uh, Phyllis and I started married life in a $3,700 house. 1969 Marriott mobile home <laughs> with no insulation. Well used. <laughs> Period. Red shag carpet. Genuine imitation, black leather sofa, (laughs) plastic. (laughs) Heat and air didn't work. Stove didn't work, you know. But we started out, and over the course of time, the Lord got across to us that they had a call on our life, and we left what little we had, and we went to follow the call, and we got training, and we got involved with the Hagen's ministry, and the years went by. We, it took all the faith we had to get in one of the just mid-range apartments. And so then we got up to a little better apartment, and then we got up to a little better apartment. And it was a glorious day when we rented our own little house. Glory. And, uh... Then we bought a house. Amen. Amen. Oh, man, we shouted about that. And then we believed God for, I guess it was another 10 years or so. And we were believing God for something else and something better. And we were just driving around one day in a neighborhood area that we liked. And we came by this house, and boy, it caught our eye. And there was no for sale sign. There was no anything about it. But we both had a witness about it. So we stopped the car. We looked. It's empty. It's empty. There's no signs, there's no anything, but man, it just, uh, it was one level, but it spread around half the block. Man, I mean, it had this giant pool and tennis court and six-car garage, and I mean, this thing is nice. Marble floors and, you know. And so we thought, whew, that's nice, and, and that's the kind of thing we'd been sewing and leaving for for a number of years. And... uh so Phyllis knew some folks in real estate, and she made a call or two, and and they said, yeah, you know, the, actually the banks have wound up with that, and they're really wanting to get rid of it. And, and the Lord did with us, we're out in a meeting, make them this offer. It was a crazy offer. And we made it, and they came back within $10,000. And so, make a long story short, we got it. And we closed on it. And, and our little stuff wouldn't fill up three rooms of it. And, and we just running around. I mean, had one outdoor, you know, Lanai type thing with outdoor uh, grill and fridge and giant pool. We just sit back there and think, you know, from the 1969 Marriott mobile home to this in just a few years. And one not so long after we got that, I was leaving to go to, to minister, and the Lord reminded me. He said, uh, "Did you notice when that was built?" And I had, I had noticed on the paperwork, of course, and I I said, yes, sir. He said, did you also realize that was the same year you and she committed to follow me in the ministry? It was just, I mean, it's like somebody built it for us. And they did. We didn't know about it. We're back in the trailer house. Come on, are y'all with me? But God had that waiting on us. When we said yes and started to obey Him, it went into motion. It released it. And then by the time we were able to believe for it and step into it, it was vacant and available at a reduced price. It's a setup. It was a setup. Now here I want to ask you a very serious question. What if we had not committed to obey him and go that way? I don't know that we'd have ever lived in that town. Much less saw that house. And we'd have been over somewhere, maybe working ourselves silly, trying to get a house. And our house, God already had it for us over in this other state. Where is the provision? The provision is in the plan. That's why he told us, don't seek the provision. Don't seek the finances. already got that. I got that. You seek the kingdom. You seek my plan and my will. You do that. You get on track of my plan for you in the kingdom, and you will intersect everything I've got for you your whole life long. Somebody say glory to God. (laughs) Ephesians 2. And I'm thinking about closing. Ephesians 2. Oh, thank you, Lord. Anybody getting stirred up a little bit? Reckon the Lord's got some good things. Ready to converge with you. Huh? Do you need to try to find them? Good answer. Good job. No, you don't. And that is radically different from how the whole world is operating, isn't it? What do you need to do? You need to seek and to find the will and plan of God for what you're supposed to be doing in the kingdom of God and do it with all your heart. Yes. Quit focusing on the money. Quit thinking about the stuff. Quit thinking about, you don't have to focus on the house and the car and the clothes. You don't have to. God's already got better for you than you could dream up and come up with. Is he not able and faithful to do exceeding abundantly above what you asked, what you thought? But it's not just in every place you decide to go and be. It's on the path of the plan. Say it again, the provision, provision. is in the, plan. in the plan. Thank you, Lord. Do you believe that? Yes. Ephesians 2 and verse 10, this is in the Amplified. Ephesians 2 and 10. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship. And you know he don't make no junk. I know it's bad English, but do you believe it? He makes no junk. You are a one of a kind masterpiece by God himself. You are unique in the universe. One of a kind. Next time the devil tries to tell you you're not worth much, ask him why God paid so much for you. Is he calling God dumb? I know God does not pay $10 million for a $2 cheap item. He didn't pay $10 million for you. He didn't pay a billion for you. There was only one thing in the whole universe worth enough to buy you and me. Only one thing. The precious blood of the lamb. And he paid it to get you to get me. We are the apple of his eye. We are the joy of his heart we are he loves us and no parent ever wanted to map out and make their child's life happy and enjoyable with stuff and money as much and more than him any parent that has that got it from him and before you ever born he knew you. He knew you'd like this color and this texture and this shape. And he's got stuff like that picked out for you and put in your path. And the biggest stuff is once you leave this life. I think for the first hundred years we're going to go, ooh, ah, wow ooh, ah. And I think a lot, we'll go, well, that's just like I, that's what I always, oh, that's just exactly, I didn't even know I wanted that. Ah! (laughs) And the master will say, I knew. I knew what you like. And I made it just for you. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. We are God's own handiwork. His workmanship created in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may what? Climb the corporate ladder. Huh? Make that money. Huh? (laughs) What? (laughs) No, that we may do what? Do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us. Oh, come on, Read this is amplified. Read the rest of it. Taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Glory to God. Three transactions just in the last year and a half. The Lord allowed us to purchase 51 acres directly behind us right in the middle of Branson. Right there in the middle of the strip had never been developed at all, all these years. We closed on it at an amazing price. Wonderful. And the Lord brought all the money in so quick, so easy. I talked to one of the ladies They'd been doing real estate there in town for many years. She said, I, I know you don't know this. She said, but I've got a stack of, uh, of folders on my desk in an area that high of stuff that was supposed to be built there. Wow. Condos, shops, outlets, uh, mini golf. I mean... And for year after year after year, people worked and they spent and they did due diligence and it all failed through. Year after year after. You know what I believe? The Lord had it for How can you doubt? We got it now. It's ours. He must have had it for us. And then we just got a property down in another state where we're opening a church and uh, a hangar down there for our aircraft. And the same thing, the guy, it was supposed to have already been sold. It had already been announced and things done. And one person said, five deals fell through on this. Wow! Wow! Isn't the Lord faithful? I can't say that I did everything perfectly uh, and was always to the second on my obedience. If I wasn't, it was not Intentionally, but God is so merciful and He's so kind. And if you got a heart for it, He's merciful. He, he'll take care of you and He'll keep it for you and secure it to you. Stand on your feet. Singers and players, would you come? We need to pray something out a prayer of faith and agreement on this. Thank you, Master. I hope you can come back tomorrow night. This is not all. We're not done. This is the foundation. Tell me, do you believe God is faithful to prepare and provide for you? Close your eyes. Father, I thank you so much for causing these truths to come into us and the light to shine on us. So that we know it clearer and stronger than we've ever known it before, how good you are, how faithful you are. Say it out loud, Father God, I ask you for clarity concerning the path and the plan that you have prepared for me. Anything you've already shown me I didn't pay enough attention to I ask for your mercy Remind me of it Help me to see it again I purpose To give it priority And I confess That you are my good shepherd And because of the way you lead me I do not want You have already provided Everything I will ever need To do your will And fulfill your plan And I thank you For securing to us Everything That is your will Hallelujah